Well, hello there, Dr. Nicole here. I am thrilled to share something incredible with you today. Imagine having a treasure trove of informative, entertaining, and empowering video content about the journey to parenthood right at your fingertips. That's exactly what you get with Informed Pregnancy Plus. For less than 25 cents a day, you'll gain access to a vast subscription library filled with documentary films, web series, mind and body fitness programs, workshops, and courses covering fertility to parenting and everything in between. A few of my favorite titles are The Business of Being Born, Empowered Mama, Belly Dance for Birth, Ease into Sleep, The Afterbirth Plan, and The Core Connection. And here's the best part. For a limited time, you can gain full access absolutely free. Just visit informedpregnancy.tv to sign up. Get Informed Pregnancy Plus right now for your informed and empowered parenting journey, all from the comfort of your home. Visit informedpregnancy.tv. Again, that's informedpregnancy.tv. Don't let diaper rash come between you and your baby. Diaper rash can be one of the worst experiences your little one has to go through and keeping their delicate skin happy and healthy shouldn't require a spatula to apply thick, goopy treatments that can be just as irritating and uncomfortable as the diaper rash. Instead, try Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Dr. Mom Butt Balm is a pediatrician approved skin protectant, free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide. It was developed by a mom who is also a doctor when she couldn't find any traditional products that worked for her baby's persistent diaper rash. Use just a small amount of Dr. Mom Butt Balm to help soothe your baby's skin and feel good about making the right choice. Nothing comes between you and your baby, not even diaper rash. Check out Dr. Mom Butt Balm, available on Amazon or Walmart.com. This is a lovely birth story episode of an unmedicated hospital birth. Welcome to the All About Pregnancy and Birth podcast. I'm Dr. Nicole Calloway-Rankins, a board-certified OBGYN who's been in practice for nearly 15 years. I've had the privilege of helping over 1,000 babies into this world, and I'm here to help you be calm, confident, and empowered to have a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice. Check out the full disclaimer at drnicolerankins.com forward slash disclaimer. Now let's get to it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode number 214. Whether you are a new listener or a returning listener, I am so glad that you're spending some of your time with me today. In today's episode of the podcast, we have Jade. Jade lives in Richmond, Virginia, right here where I live with her husband, Sean. They have two daughters, Corey and Savannah. We're going to hear about Savannah's birth story today. Jade works for a nonprofit focusing on school readiness, and her husband is a high school teacher. Yes, I love it. I have a soft spot for teachers. I have lots of educators in my family. Jade is a busy and active mom. She spends a lot of time 
with extracurricular activities for her older daughter. But in her spare time, she enjoys exploring new restaurants with her close girlfriends. Yes to new restaurants and good food. Now, wanting a different experience from her first birth, Jade chose to be seen by midwives for her second pregnancy. And she also found a doula in an effort to create a more positive environment surrounding her labor and birth experience. However, when she experienced an extremely challenging pregnancy, it made her question if she was really ready for an unmedicated birth. She had nine months of nausea. She had severe pelvic and groin pain that often left her immobile, actually. And because of anemia, she had awful cravings for chalk and hand sanitizer. Yes, that is a real thing. It's something called pica. And then on top of that, she didn't have great support from her doula. It got to be non-existent towards the end of her pregnancy. Well, despite all of those challenging challenges during her pregnancy, Jade ended up having a very short labor and a baby almost being born in the car has she not trusted her body. You're going to hear about all of that today. Her story really conveys how a challenging pregnancy does not automatically mean that you will experience a difficult labor and birth. And she also wanted to be sure that people understood that even if you have support to guide you, which is super duper important, then you really must trust your instincts and listen to your body. You're going to hear how that really served Jade well for her to have that great birth experience for her baby girl, Savannah. All right. Now, before we get into the episode, let me say a quick word about podcast sponsors. You will hear sponsored ads in episodes of the podcast. And I want to just share that having sponsors really helps me to continue to bring this podcast to you for completely free. That is something that I will always, always, always want to do. And not only does it do that, but it's actually an opportunity to learn about great products and get some great deals too. Because you see, I am very, very particular about who sponsors the podcast and who I accept as podcast sponsors. I don't accept everyone. Actually, I get lots of requests for sponsorship and I don't accept any sponsors that I don't believe will be valuable to you. So check out the podcast sponsors, check out their websites, check out the things that they have to offer, because I think you can find some great things there for you. Okay. With that being said, let us go ahead and jump into this birth story episode with Jade. Thank you so much, Jade, for agreeing to come onto the podcast. I am really excited to hear your story today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share. Yeah. So why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself and your family? Yep. So I'm 30. I live in Chesterfield with my husband and our two girls. I work in finance for a nonprofit here in Richmond. And my husband is a high school teacher. He teaches special oh. ed. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love it. I have a soft spot for teachers. My mom and both my sisters in education and my younger sisters in special was a special education teacher. She's an assistant principal now. So I don't know how teachers do it. No. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He comes home from work and he's just exhausted because we have two young ones and he's like, oh, right. I have to do it all over again. So it's like a right. stop for him. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In small world, we are in the same area. 
okay. Yes, he's, yes. Um, we are right off of kind of like that midpoint from Chesterfield going into Melothian, so near Manchester okay. Middle School. Okay. I, well, I guess uh, in the same area, so much as Richmond, I'm more in Henrico County. Okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So why don't we start off, you know, in order to understand what people's births are like, we got to understand what the pregnancy was like. And yours sounds like it was a bit of a challenge, um, So, which we're going to hear. So what was your pregnancy and prenatal care like? Yes, a very challenging pregnancy, which I found very odd because this was a planned pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I went to my then OB just to make sure everything was looking well for me to, you know, for us to try. Uh-huh. I was working out, I was eating healthy. So I'm like, yes, I'm prepared. I'm ready. Okay. So even before you got pregnant, you went and said, I want to make sure I'm in good shape. I'm in good health, everything to be ready. They, they okay. had me start my prenatals. Uh-huh. They had me tracking ovulation. Right. I had a calendar. Okay. But as soon as I got pregnant, it was like my body did the complete opposite. It was almost as if I wasn't prepared. I was I was sick the entire pregnancy. I had to be placed on nausea medication. So I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but diglegis. Uh-huh. So it didn't help as much. And they switched me over to Zofran, which worked wonders. It uh-huh. was almost like a miracle drug for my nausea. But I had the side effects, which landed me in the hospital. Okay. So, so what, what kind of side effects did you have? I had severe constipation to the point where I could not move. I couldn't use the bathroom for about a week. And... It was causing me a lot of cramping, especially within my thigh area. And I don't know if it was pressing on a nerve, but I was on the floor, couldn't get up, had to call my mother-in-law to assist me. My husband had to come take me to the hospital. And unfortunately, it resulted in receiving an enema. But I mean, I had no type of relief. And when I followed back up with my midwife, they was like, unfortunately, that is a side effect of Zofran. So I had to completely stop the Zofran and then bam, nausea comes back. Oh, all gosh. day, every day. So you were in the hospital because of constipation. Yes. Yeah. And the, the enema, did it, did it not help at all? It took a while. Okay. I was in the hospital for about five hours trying to get relief. It was I couldn't even explain that pain if I wanted to. I've never experienced anything like that before. And I mean, it was, it was very. (laughs) Yeah. You know, TMI, I guess I had constipation after having a surgery once when I got my tubes taken out. So to get, so I won't have any more children and I cannot explain like constipation is awful. It is is really really bad and you just like it it, it is it, it's just a terrible feeling so I can commiserate with you in that regard so in addition to the nausea constipation I also had a lot of pelvic pain it left me you know I wasn't able to get out of bed I wasn't able to walk I would get a shooting pain and my midwife actually recommended that I start seeing a chiropractor uh-huh. which was amazing. Mm. I went to a chiropractor that specialized in working with pregnant women, right. um, prenatal, post, you know, postpartum. Right. They also exist with children. Right. And I received those adjustments every week until I gave birth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that just did mi- work miracles. It did. I was able to stand up straight. Right. I wasn't leaning over. I wasn't constantly lifting up my belly to receive relief. 
So it was, it was great. And I do commend that the doctor that I saw because I give her all the props for me going into labor as quickly as I did. You have to help me have a smooth labor. And you know, my, um, Savannah was, she was breached and she did like the baby mapping to help assist with turning the baby and getting her in a good position. So it was, it was great. Um, I really had great care leading up until, you know, it was time for me to deliver. So, right. So you, and you know, this is your second pregnancy. Did you have these problems with your first? No, my first pregnancy was so easy. I still had the nausea, but as far as like, the challenges there weren't there weren't any. I just kind of waddled around until it was. <laughs> it gotcha, was gotcha. And how much difference in between the two is there? So there are uh, uh, seven years. Okay, okay. But yeah. that's not like crazy. Long. I mean, it's a good amount of time, but still. And do you feel like you're in different health compared to the different pregnancies? Well, with my first, you know, I wasn't really big on working out or eating healthy. It was definitely unplanned. It was kind of when, oh, I'm pregnant now. We're just going to, you know, enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, you know, I've reached the age where I want to, you know, consider my health a little bit more. I'm working out. So I really thought it was going to be easier. Everybody told me, you know, you work out, it'll be a smooth delivery. You eat healthy. Right. It'll result in having like a smooth birth. And my birth was horrible. Okay. My, like the, the pregnancy was horrible. I don't want to say the birth, sure. but the pregnancy. Gotcha. The journey was horrible. Gotcha. I was ready for it to be over. Okay. 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 And you said you saw midwives. What you you said you started with an OB, and then did you switch to midwives? Like what what happened there? Yes. So with my first pregnancy, I thought I found a great OB. I thought I enjoyed the care, but they had a tendency to make me feel as what was occurring was my fault. So Mm. I was very small when I got pregnant. I was about maybe a hundred pounds. So when I got pregnant, I didn't gain that much weight. And towards Mm -hmm. the end of my pregnancy, they were stating that the baby was measuring small. I wasn't gaining enough weight. I need to eat more. I'm putting my baby at risk. And it was just kind of like, you are, you are. And there wasn't really many solutions. Um, I had to go to an anatomy ultrasound every week. And the feedback was very inconsistent. I had one um, tech tell me, well, you're small. So of course your baby's going to measure small. I don't mm-hmm. expect you to have, you know, a large baby. Mm-hmm. And then I go back the following weekend is, oh, we're going to induce you. You have to have this baby. You're not gaining weight. You're risking having a C-section by keeping her in. Um, so I was induced with my firstborn. Okay. And I didn't want to go through that again. I wanted mm-hmm. to feel very much supported and listened to and explain to me what was going on with my body. If you know, because I wasn't understanding what was being told to me. Sure. So I did a lot of research this pregnancy. I Uh searched for a lot of um, OBs and I came across midwives because I wanted to have a natural birth. That was one of the key aspects of my pregnancy, you know, Mm -hmm. natural birth, natural birth. And originally I wanted to go with um, an at home, but my family was kind (laughs) of adamant and a little little nervous. So I was trying to figure out how can I have a birth my way, but still be in a safe environment? Sure. CU midwives offered that to me and their okay. staff was amazing. Okay. Okay. So you felt like you had great care with Yes. Them. I explained to them what happened in my previous journey and they was like, oh no, we're not going to focus on, you know, your weight. We're going to focus on you and making sure that you're okay and that your 
families okay they really incorporated my spouse and my daughter they asked him how he was doing how he was handling the pregnancy they asked right. my daughter you know are you excited right they allowed her to participate put the gel on my belly use the doppler to listen so right. it was very family engaging which nice. i really like you know we're very close so i like the fact that they included Sure. You know, my spouse and my daughter sure. and listened to me. I mean, the appointments went from I'm in and out to about an hour long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Just getting to know you and your family and really looking at you as a whole person. Yeah. And making sure mm-hmm. that I was comfortable before leaving the office and that right. I didn't have any, you know, questions that they didn't answer and that I was comfortable with you know, what was happening, what was going to happen. And if I needed any support outside of them that they could, Mm -hmm. you know, provide references if needed. Awesome. 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 Now, one of the things you also mentioned, um, tell me about these cravings that you had. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) I had low iron Mm -hmm. and I was craving chalk, cleaning supplies, dust. It was, I mean, I was like gouging my hands in sanitizer and sniffing it like every five minutes to the point my husband had to hide sanitizer bottles because I mean, it just smelled so wonderful and, you know, drooling over chalk. And I was even looking up edible chalk. I, you know, I found that there was a thing as edible chalk for pregnant women. I did not know that. I never had that craving before. So when I brought Mm -hmm. it up to my midwife, they was like, let's check your iron. And my iron was extremely low, uh-huh. very low. And um, uh-huh. they had me take iron supplements, blood builders, I believe it was. And uh-huh. it helped a little bit. Those cravings didn't go away, but they weren't as high as they were in the beginning. I mean, I actually tried a piece of my daughter's chalk one right. day. And right. I mean, it's just horrible, but it was No, it's, it's, yeah, it's just. It's this weird thing called pica where if you have low iron and you just, it's like your body's craving strange things to try and find iron. Some people eat dirt, actually. Yeah, I was at, I was at work cleaning. I was like, does your desk need to be clean just so I could touch Lysol wipes and then smell, just have the smell around? It would just, it would just make you feel, feel better or you yeah, just. I mean, I was smelling. It was like. <sighs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I was embarrassed by it, but I couldn't control it either. Uh-huh. 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 So, and, you know, I didn't try the chemicals. You know, I, I kind of stopped myself sure, at the chalk. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So you were with midwives and you felt like things were great. You unfortunately had nausea. Did you have vomiting also or just nausea? Yes. Yes. I, I lived at my and lived in my bathroom, nausea and vomiting. Um, okay. But luckily I was able to listen to my body. So I was never in a position where it just came. I was always ready and prepared. Um, Got it. I just kind of like figured out the cues and went to the bathroom when I felt it was time. So Got it. Got it. And you said that persisted your whole pregnancy? My entire pregnancy. Okay. Okay. And you did not have it that bad your first pregnancy? No, no. Okay. They, no, okay. I, you know, I had it in the beginning and towards the middle, but I believe, I want to say maybe the last four to three months, it settled mm-hmm. down and I was able uh-huh. to eat again and go uh-huh. out and enjoy uh-huh. the last few months of the pregnancy. Sure. 
Did you know that 95% of pregnant women are not getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Enter Ritual, their prenatal contains 350 milligrams of eco-friendly vegan omega-3 DHA in every serving. One of the reasons I like Ritual is that it's a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. In addition to those omega-3 DHAs to support baby's brain development, Ritual also has choline and methylated folate to support baby's neural tube development. And the capsules feature a delayed release design to help make it gentle on an empty stomach. Why settle for a multivitamin you're not 100% sure about? Ritual was literally built on trust, so you know it's the real deal. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women Prenatal to your subscription today. That's ritual.com forward slash Dr. Nicole for 25% off. And then the terrible pelvic pain. And and when did you start seeing the chiropractor? I I believe I only went to her the last two months of my pregnancy. So it was okay. very much towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I started experiencing it more as I got farther along. So around seven months, um, that's when I stopped working out because I couldn't I couldn't stand a long, uh-huh. really long periods of time and it wasn't uh-huh. safe because I did a lot of strength training. Okay. And that's when I brought it to my midwife's attention and they suggested the chiropractor. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So all of those things going on, how did that make you feel about, because you said you definitely wanted to have an unmedicated or natural birth. I started second guessing myself and whether or not this was even possible for me to have an unmedicated birth. I was becoming nervous. I'm like, I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. all this discomfort and this pain. How is a natural birth going to, going to work? Um, so that's when I spoke with my husband I was like, well, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading, looking at a lot of videos. And that's when I decided to find a doula to assist me. Okay. 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 So what was that process like finding a doula? Yeah. So I, did it off of a lot of recommendations. There was one mm-hmm. doula in particular that I knew individuals that had worked with her in the past. She had, mm-hmm. you know, great reviews. Um, I also had made a posting on Facebook and she mm-hmm. responded to it. And that's kind of okay. how that interaction started. Uh-huh. Uh, we had a little meet and greet over Zoom with my husband and we just kind of went over what I was currently dealing with, what I was mm-hmm. looking for and mm-hmm. where she could assist me. Right. Um, and within that service, she also had classes that we can attend once okay. a month. Okay. Um, more so like open discussion. So there was other mothers there also mm-hmm. planning to have a natural birth. So okay. a lot of our questions kind of intertwined and it was also another way to feel supported. Like, oh, you know, another mom has a similar concerns or questions sure. that I have. Sure. And that, that process was great up until it wasn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, what what happened? So towards the final months, I want to say I had like maybe a month left, uh-huh. and the communication just started to cut back a bit, and the visits started getting canceled. So. We had a visit that was supposed to be hands-on where my husband could help me with pressure points. My mom was also in attendance so she could assist if my husband needed to step out. Right. And the day that she was supposed to come, we were waiting and she didn't show. I 
contacted her and she indicated that, you know, I should have sent out an email to reschedule an email that I didn't receive. So we rescheduled and then that turned into, well, you don't really need me there to show you how to do this. It can all be found in a video. And she started sending me links. So I started panicking because I'm like, my due date's only a few weeks away. Right. Like my husband and I have never had a natural birth. You right. know, I can watch this video and I can hope that I get it. But right. a part of the service was to have hands on appointments mm-hmm. so we could feel comfortable in going into this journey. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just said, okay, I expressed to her, you know, I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel confident, you know, the day of. I want my husband to feel confident, you know, in assisting me. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, you can reach out to me at any time and keep me updated. So I kind of just felt a little neglected. Right. <laughs> you know, kind of left out to defend for myself a little bit and right. to rely on a video. I'm just like, I've been watching videos, but I want to. I, kind of I paid like, you for some hands yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Okay. <sighs> well, we'll get to. I want to hold and see what happened when it came time to go into the birth and how she played into it. But before that, let's talk about what did you do to prepare? Because it sounds like you did quite a bit. I did. So, of course, the dieting, the the working out. I watched a lot of birthing videos. Mm -hmm. I listened to your podcast religiously Mm -hmm. on the way to work (laughs) and at work. And there was actually a month where you were giving out free courses and I got one of those courses. So I I took your course the last month of my pregnancy also. I love it. Love it. Love it. So you were, you were ready and prepared. I was, I was, I I did everything in my power. I, you know, I started following a lot of social media that related just to natural birth. So, Uh um, how to breathe, Uh you know, using your stability ball, how to stretch, you know, squat birthing positions. Okay. Okay. So I, I was really on it to the point where all of my feed and social media was nothing but birth. <laughs> <laughs> and then was there anything in particular that you like, were there any social media accounts or things in particular that you found pretty helpful? Yes, there was one uh, um, account in particular. Um, I want to say, I hope I'm not botching the name, but mm-hmm. I want to say it's a a working mama. She does oh. a lot. I, yeah, she does a lot of, she shows a lot of visuals and how okay. the like, adjusts um, right. depending on like what type of position she pushing uh-huh. and uh-huh. how much, you know, it opens cause, right. you know, versus laying down and right. squatting. And I found that so interesting and helpful. Okay. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. Because I yeah. never, I never thought about like how I would push until I started sure. watching your video. Sure. Like, sure. Wow, that is right. a way to push. I didn't know that. Right. 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 Okay. Okay. And then I take it for your first, you had an epidural. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I screamed for that. Epidural. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, but surprisingly, I was supposed to have a natural birth with her, but uh-huh. it was, it was told to me. You know, oh, we're going to have a natural birth. You can do this. But there was no preparing. I was just, my OB just was having a natural birth. I wasn't really given a choice. It was like, you can do it. You're going to have a natural birth. We're going to have a natural birth. And then when I get to the hospital, you know, I get induced, which was great. You know, I've heard a lot of horror stories about it. Mine was smooth sailing. I, you know, I, I slept until I started feeling the contractions. I was like, Wait a minute. I, I believe I re- I got to seven centimeters before I asked for the epidural. So okay. 
But when it came, I was not prepared for that feeling. Okay. I okay. was this is intense. I need right. that girl now. And then it right. came to me, I get it now. Right. Gotcha. So. <laughs> <laughs> so for this time, you said you wanted unmedicated or natural. What are some other things that you wanted for your birth? Yes. So I wanted to labor majority of the time at home. I only mm-hmm. wanted to go to the hospital when it was right then mm-hmm. that, you know, it was time to push. She was going to mm-hmm. be entering. So I wanted to stay at home as long as I could. I wanted mm-hmm. To be comfortable. I wanted to be able to be relaxed and enjoy the moment and embrace, you know, what was happening with my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a birth plan. It was spoken. It wasn't provided back to me. Sure. So originally, you know, water, tub, low lights, instrumentals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted a very intimate setting. So it was just going to be my husband and my mother. Right. Um, we didn't want any family members visiting the hospital. We weren't mm-hmm. going to see anybody until we transitioned home. So right. I just kind of wanted to be in the mindset of comfort and didn't want to have any overwhelming feelings surrounding me. Mm-hmm. So that didn't happen. Yeah. But, okay. you know. Oh, well, okay. What? <laughs> What did happen then? Let's get into that. What exactly did happen? I it came very quick. I was okay. um, my husband and I were home. Uh-huh. Our daughter was asleep. We had just finished up watching a movie. Uh-huh. I was um, drinking my red raspberry tea. Okay. I was like, okay, I'm getting tired. I go get in the bed and I start feeling like these cramps. But I had just had an appointment and I was uh-huh. only three centimeters. Okay. They weren't expecting anything to happen. Sure. So my due date, how many weeks were you? Were you? I, I was 40 weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Um, my due date was the 28th and she was showing no signs of entering the world. They okay. actually scheduled my appointments all the way out to July 11th. Okay. <laughs> so I was just like, Oh, these are Braxton Hicks, you know, right. I can just breathe through them. Right. And within 30 minutes, they just kept progressing and progressing. Was- and I, like, That's when I started but, my, my, um, you know, my timer. And I was like, I called my husband. I was like, I think you need to stay in here close, close by. I was like, I feel like something's happening. And when I was doing my timer at that point, they were about like nine, nine, 10 minutes. Okay. And within 20 minutes, they went to five. Okay. And at that point I told my husband, I was like, I believe you need to call the doula. I, I think this is happening, but right. I'm sure. Right. Um, so he called our doula and it was almost kind of like we were bothering her. Maybe she was, I was asking, you know, this is how far along they are. They seem like they're progressing. Should I stay home and breathe through it? Should I go to the hospital? Right. And the response was, you can go to the hospital if you want to. There was no coaching me through it. No listening to my breathing. And I was kind of confused and, my husband said, okay, we'll keep you updated. So he got off the phone and I was just kind of forget my contractions. I was like, what do we do? Right, right. <laughs> you know, do I stay home? And at that point, I was like, let's call the midwife. Mm-hmm. So we called our midwife and she stayed on the phone with us for about 30 minutes. She listened okay. to me breathe. She timed the contraction. She was like, they're definitely progressing, but let's see what happens within an hour. Okay. Um, she gave us her direct cell phone because, of course, we called the line. She was on call, but she right. gave her cell phone number. And we got off the phone with her, and we ended up calling her back in like 15 minutes because they were a minute apart. 
Right. <laughs> like <they weren't. laughs> so when we called her back, she could hear me breathing. She was like, oh, that progressed quickly. Come to the hospital now. Okay. It took me about 15 minutes to get out the house because every time I took a step, a it was happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I had okay. to stairs still. So it was, my husband had to assist me getting dressed right. and held me down the stairs. Right. And when we finally got outside, it was just so much pressure. I was just like, I don't know. I feel like she's coming. So he, we get into the car and he's, he's like one of those cautious drivers and he has the hazard lights on and he's going. So I was like, look, I know that you are trying to make me comfortable. I was like, but this baby. It, it, it's it's oh. time to go. Like, like I need I was you. Like, I don't need right. you to like, just turn the music off and go. Just, right. You know, right. Right. So we finally get to the hospital. We get and to how the- far away do you live from the hospital? It was about a 25 minute drive. Okay. Long, was- longest 25 minutes of your life. <laughs> it was the longest drive of my life. Luckily, <laughs> I took the expressway to get to VCU, but it was the longest drive of my life. When we finally got to the hospital, I want to say it was about like maybe 208, 209. We get to the hospital. They're checking us in. I can't stand. So, of course, they bring me the wheelchair. We finally get upstairs and they was like, we're just going to get you to use the bathroom, Miss Armstrong. Just go to use the bathroom. I go use the bathroom and I stand up and say, she's coming. I I was like, she's coming. I have to push. So I'm pushing and they're ripping me out of my clothes. In the bathroom. In the, <laughs> from the bathroom to the bed. Like, so right. They're like. To the bed. I'm waddling. They're taking off my pants, my socks. I get on the bed and I they was like, go ahead and push. And I'm like. At the head of the bed, just holding on and pushing down. I pushed for about two minutes and she was here. So from the time we got to the hospital, I she was born within 10 minutes of us getting to the hospital. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was like, if we had waited, you know, I was like, if we had stayed home, she probably would have oh, been, she'd been born in the car. Or in the car, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. know. Or at home. Mm-hmm. As soon as we got to the hospital, she said, I'm entering. That she said, here, here, here I come. I'm coming. So somebody be there because I'm coming. Yes. And the nurses were so amazing. It was like, we just got all of your paperwork and she's here already. I didn't have to, they, no IV. Nothing. Anything. It was just from bathroom to bed and she was born. <laughs> hey, so you made it this far in the episode and I'm thinking it's because you enjoyed this podcast. Well, if that's the case, then I have a favor to ask. Creating and producing the All About Pregnancy into Birth podcast has been one of the greatest joys of my life. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you on this journey with me. Your support and engagement means the world to me, and it's what helps keep this podcast going. But here's the thing. Producing a podcast involves time, effort, and resources from recording equipment to an editor, hosting fees, coordinating guests, countless hours spent researching and crafting content. It all adds up. And that's where I could use your support. I've never wanted to turn all about pregnancy and birth into a paywall. I want it to remain accessible to everyone. That's why I've set up a way for you to support the show financially if you're able and willing. If this podcast has helped you during your pregnancy, your birth, or your life, I'm asking you to consider contributing to the show. Your support will help cover production and team costs and ensure that I can continue delivering the episodes you love. So in the month of March, head to drnicolerankins.com forward slash support and contribute whatever you can. Your support, no matter how big or small, makes a significant impact. 
It helps us continue delivering high quality content and ensures the future of all about pregnancy and birth. Again, that's drnicolerankins.com forward slash support. Thank you so much for being part of the All About Pregnancy and Birth community. Now back to the show. Okay, so from when you had the first contraction to when she was born, that was what, maybe a couple of hours? I, it wasn't even a couple. So we called my in-laws around 145 to let them know, like, we need to, we need to go to the hospital. They came and got our daughter and we got to the hospital and that was it. Yeah, it was, it was, that was it. It was a very wow. quick, you know, how, how were you feeling? Cause for some people that can actually feel very overwhelming. I, I had to remember my breathing uh-huh. and that's all I could do. I was like, please don't let me have it. But it was amazing. I mean, I was expecting to be hollering and screaming and yelling and grabbing, you know, my husband by the sure. arm. And I mean, as soon as I got in the room, it was, Jade, you can do this. You got it, mama. All the nurses were like, you're doing amazing. And I'm pushing. And it was just, as soon as she was out, it was like a relief. And okay. it was praises all around me from the staff. Mm. And, I mean, it was it was great. They helped me turn over, immediately put her on my chest. And I mean, it just was nonstop. It, right. you what know, you said, help you turn over. What like, pos- I was I was facing the the headboard, so my face was against the wall. So I was on. Oh, my so were you in? Now. Oh, you were yeah. in hands and knees. Hands and knees. Okay. Okay. Just kind of climbed on the bed and started pushing. Okay. Yeah. They just, they just gave me freedom. They to do. They just put me, you know, wanted to get me up on the bed safely. But other sure. than that, it was, it was like, do push. what you got to do. Yeah, right. push mama, you got it. And right. I just grabbed on the headboard and started pushing. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but the way that I pushed, you know, they had, they grabbed her from behind. So uh-huh. yeah. So they had to kind of tuck her under and turn. Yeah. yeah. So they had mm-hmm. to turn me and get mm-hmm. her safely from under my legs. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And where was your doula in all of this? So, after Savannah was born, my husband contacted Dula, let her know, and I don't believe there was a re- immediate response. Um, I also had my husband text her on the way to the hospital just to let her know we were on our way to the hospital. Uh-huh. Um, we didn't hear back from her until maybe around 10 that morning, and Savannah was born around 2 that morning. So, mm. Yeah. Um, so quite a bit of a delay. And when she was like, you know, glad to hear that, you know, you had a safe delivery. So I was expecting her to come to the hospital at least, but right. she sent me a text just as, you know, following up, just checking in to see how you were doing. I kind of gave her a full overview. Um, you know, we transitioned upstairs, baby's latching on. She's doing well. And that was the last of the conversation. My text to her was the last of the conversation. That like that ever that was that was it. Oh, it was what I sent for my update. Was it that was it? And I want to say I was supposed to have a home visit, you know, after the baby was, you know, transitioned at home. Okay, and I assume by this point you had already paid her for her. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. services mm-hmm. were paid for. Mm-hmm. Well, let me. I'm gonna come back to that, but let me back up real quick. Did you have to have any stitches or anything like that after your birth? Or I did tear, but it was minimal, and it was. Uh, I was given the option. I could either allow it to heal naturally, or mm-hmm. I could get the stitches. And okay. after having a natural birth, I and 
pushing out the placenta, I think I had done enough. And <laughs> I opted to just allow it to heal naturally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think I want to go through anything else. Right, right, and, right. And it should heal fine. And, you know, of course, they gave me the witch hazel and the patty. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Okay. I, do, I had stitches the first time around. And I was like, no, we're not going to do it the second time. Okay. 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 And then... How was the postpartum period for you? So after I had the baby, I felt amazing. It was almost as if I didn't just give birth. Mm. I, like the very next day, I felt good. I was walking mm-hmm. unassisted. The first time I used the bathroom wasn't painful. I asked if I could go home that same day. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and they allowed me to go home that same day. So we were only in the hospital one night. Okay. That one night and I left. Now, emotionally afterwards is a different story. So physically, I was fine. And do you feel like you felt better physically compared to your first birth? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think because I had that epidural, it took a while. I didn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I felt uneasy. Mm -hmm. My body didn't feel like my own. I was in a lot of pain. Might have been because of the the tearing and the stitches. Um, But for this one, I don't know. It was like my body finally agreed Uh with me. Right. Couldn't even pregnancy, sure. but right. after the baby, I felt great. I was walking. You know, we went on walks mm-hmm. after I want to say maybe four days. Okay. I was walking. Okay. I was up, moving around. I didn't need assistance getting in and out of the bed, so I felt really great physically. Okay, awesome. But you said emotionally, maybe a different story. Emotionally was very different for me. Um, my mom was very concerned that I had postpartum depression. Okay. Um, I felt alone. I, my husband was working. My daughter was in summer school and I'm at home kind of by myself with a newborn. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really talking to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I had texts, but I just felt in a bubble, trapped in a bubble. And the only person around was a baby that can't speak mm-hmm. or, you know, comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel very supported by anybody. And I'm sure the the support was there. I just didn't feel it. Sure. Um, so I struggled a lot. It took it took a while for me to start feeling like me again. Okay. But I also was entering in my 30s. So it could have been a transition period for me also. Sure. But yeah, I struggled a lot this pregnancy afterwards. And I had to kind of do a lot of self-reflecting uh-huh. like, Jade, you just had a baby. And I had a lot of people around me tell my, you know, give yourself some grace, you know, right had a baby this is new you're a mom of two now right you know it's going to be a transition period it's going to be a learning experience and you have to kind of ease up on yourself I was very hard on myself the first okay 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 and what do you feel like helped you best to get through that I started creating a routine I'm just like if I'm going to be home by myself I don't want to just Lay in a bed with the baby. We started getting up, we, you know, playing, watching, uh-huh. you know, sensory shows. I started going okay. walks outside. I got the little um, right. body wrap. I'm like, we're going okay. to walk. We're going to get sunlight. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, sure. Like, we're going to take a little drive. We're not going to go far, but, you know, just right. out, get dressed and feel like myself. Right. Again. Right. Right. So. <laughs> okay. 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 So, and 
Was your mom nearby or was she yeah. from out of town? So my mom worked at night. So usually during the day she slept. So she was definitely available as needed, mm-hmm. but I had a tendency not to want to bother bother mm-hmm. her. So mm-hmm. I kind of just stayed in my own you know, place and just counted down until summer school was over so I could have my husband back at home to, gotcha. <laughs> to help me. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And did he have any leave at all? Like how long was he able to? No, like, he did no leave. So it was understood that, you know, I'm having a child and, you know, during the last few weeks, you know, I can be as needed and his take on it was like, well, Jade, I'm only going to be gone for four hours. I'm like, four hours is a long time with a newborn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, my mother-in-law and my mom helped with our oldest, getting her out of okay. the house just so sure. I can have sure. a little bit of, you know, a break, you know. Right. Two kids by myself, you know, it was a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 And then what about breastfeeding? Did you breastfeed? Yes. So I did breastfeed, still breastfeeding. Okay. Um, <laughs> so breastfeeding was, the latching was difficult, but I uh-huh. ended up going to see a lactation consultant with VCU okay. at their okay. children's pavilion. Uh-huh. And those appointments were great. Similar to the midwives, VCU was just wonderful all, you know, all together. Um, so I went to the lactation consultant. They watched how I latched her on. Uh-huh. They provided corrections. They also allowed me to see how many ounces she was taking in. So after mm-hmm. they unlatched her, they put her on the scale. They moved her to the second breast. They helped me with positioning. Um, right. Also being comfortable as well. You know, they was like, the baby can be comfortable, but, you know, moms need to be comfortable also. So sure. they assisted me with how to lean back to get a deeper latch. And um, they showed me certain techniques to actually get the baby on. So right. as soon right. as I left their care, I mean, breastfeeding was amazing. I was like, okay. oh, this is actually kind of easy. <laughs> right. Good, 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 good. And then how did your, did your pelvic pain, did that resolve after delivery? Uh, a little bit. So I still had moments where if I laid on my back, if I woke mm-hmm. up, it was a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Um so I started sleeping on my side a little bit more, um, started doing a little bit more exercise just for my pelvic region. I did a lot of deep squats, a lot of stretching. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to kind of get back into the motion. My plan was to go back to the chiropractor just mm-hmm. to see, you know, if any more adjustments were needed. But right. I haven't been back yet. You know, life <laughs> Life happens, right, 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 gotcha, gotcha. And I forgot to ask, did your insurance cover the chiropractor? Did you have to pay out of pocket? I had to pay out of pocket. Okay, yeah, 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 that's often what happens. Okay, so how how do you feel about everything? So I I went through my periods where I was dwelling on what could have happened, what should Mm -hmm. happen, and overall, my Prenatal care was amazing. I wouldn't change anything. I think mm-hmm. if I could do it over, I believe I would have maybe spoke up a little bit more in regards to my doula services just so we could mm-hmm. be on one page and have a clear understanding of mm-hmm. what I felt was happening and how we could mm-hmm. both, you know, do better going forward and what support sure. I was looking for. Yeah, that was kind of, I mean, that was not what doula services no. should be. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. and my mm-hmm. my husband, mm-hmm. you know, he's very quiet, but he also 
was very uncertain after a while. He was just like, well, you know, what would be paying for? You know, is this what's, you know, is this what's supposed to happen? And my mom also started to chime in about it. She was like, you know, this is another appointment that was canceled. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there was additional services that were involved that I was supposed to receive that I never did, um, Mm -hmm. that I felt would have been very beneficial, like the hypnobirthing, breathing techniques. Right. so I didn't receive any of those services. So mm-hmm. I know, you know, if in the event that I have another pregnancy, I definitely will probably do a little bit more research or sure. um, not kind of jump out at the first doula that reach, reaches out to me, you know, right. just kind of right. look at different reviews and weigh my options a little more instead of, right. you know, I think I kind of jumped into it because I'm like, oh, I heard amazing things about her and she reached out, uh-huh. you know, this is a good uh-huh. sign rather sure. than, you know. Sure. After that first meet and greet, you know, say, okay, well, you know, thank you for meeting Uh with me. I'm going to kind of, you know, look at other places and then make my decision. I kind of just based my decision off of that one meeting greet that we had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. So then as we wrap up, then what would be like your, your one piece of advice, favorite piece of advice that you would give to someone who's getting ready to have a baby? Yeah, definitely prepare. I, you know, look into courses. I found it very beneficial things that I didn't think of. I learned about in your course and even with the podcast, you know, listening to other women's stories and being relatable. And it's kind of like, wow, I didn't think about that or I didn't know about that. And it's something that Mm -hmm. I can take away. So I think some moms like, oh, you know, I can do this. I was made for this, but I do find, you know, those resources are very helpful with preparing for your birth because 100% you learn so much and you can, you know, gain a lot of a lot from it. And I think I did. I took a lot away from your podcast. I was writing my little notes. I'm like, I'm supposed to be working, but this is so helpful. Like, this, you know, this relates to my pregnancy. This is what I'm right. dealing with. Let me look right. at this. <laughs> right, right. Y'all, I did not pay her to say that. I promise. <laughs> well, you know, I had a, um, uh, a family friend that I believe you are familiar with, and she always pushes for like birthing classes and preparing. Uh-huh. Uh, Keisha, this, oh yeah. yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. I love her dearly. So she knew I was when I told her I was ready for birth. She's like, "Well, let me know if you have any questions." I mean, even right. after I had the baby, we had uh, like a, a hour conversation about the whole birthing process. So right. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, where can folks connect with you? You can say nowhere if you want. Yeah, I'm usually on Instagram, which is j.tamaris, and that's T-I-M-A-R-I-S, or Facebook, which is just my first and last name, Jade Armstrong. Okay. All right. Well, Jade, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. I so, so appreciate you sharing your story. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. And I still enjoy your show, even though I'm not pregnant. You know, I still listen to it, you know. Aw, I love it. Love it. Another baby will be here and then I'll be. Okay. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Wasn't that a great episode? Jade has such lovely energy. I really, really enjoyed chatting with her. Just just a great birth story. And I really appreciate her coming on. Now, after every episode, when I have a guest on, I do something called Dr. Nicole's Notes, where I talk about my top takeaways from the conversation. Here are my Dr. Nicole's Notes from my conversation with Jade. Number one, get help, accept help, 
help can be so crucial during pregnancy. Jade had a chiropractor that was helpful. Some other things that are going to be helpful potentially are a lactation consultant. I think definitely pelvic physical therapy could be helpful as well. So sometimes you need to get help. So check out those things and get that help when you need it. All right. Number two, speaking of help, you do have to do your due diligence with the help that you get. You want to be sure that you get people who are competent, trained, and will be there when you need them. I'm going, I'm speaking specifically about, well, of course that's the case, whether it's a chiropractor, you want someone who has experience during pregnancy, a pelvic physical therapist who has experience during pregnancy, a board certified lactation consultant. But I want to say a word about doing your due diligence with doulas. I think sometimes because the media portrays doulas in a largely positive light as they should, because doulas provide a lot of help, support, and things during pregnancy. Sometimes people skip during doing their due diligence and they don't realize or know that they should be asking more questions about working with doulas. They're like, oh, you're a doula? Okay, it's going to be great. Without asking those questions to make sure it's a good fit, to make sure you understand what you're getting, to make sure you're getting your money's worth when you decide to hire a doula. And to be clear, I love doulas. Doulas are important. Doulas help improve outcomes. But again, they're humans and you have to, in any relationship with a human being, make sure you do your due diligence to know that that person is doing the things that you need to support you. Okay. And I'm, I'm not saying, of course, that Jade didn't do her due diligence. I'm just saying in general, do your due diligence. That's one of the things that I have inside of the birth preparation course. My online childbirth education class is a checklist of things that you can ask of questions that you can go through and ask when you are hiring a doula so that you know what you're getting into and you know that you can find someone who is a good fit for you. So do your due diligence with doulas. And if you want to learn more, check that out inside the birth preparation course. The course is drnicolerankins.com forward slash enroll. All right. Next is having a supportive team can make all of the difference, just all of the difference. The encouragement that Jade had from her nurses and the midwives she worked with just, just made a huge difference. So you really want to be sure as best that you can, that you have good support lined up during your pregnancy and for your birth experience. It just makes a huge, huge, huge difference. Okay. And then the final thing that I want to say is that every pregnancy is different, all right? And you will not have control over that. There's so much about how your pregnancy unfolds that you will not have control over. But what you absolutely do have control over is preparing so you can prepare as best you can. Preparing is going to be asking questions. Preparing is going to be childbirth education. I will die on the hill of every person having a baby needs to do some sort of childbirth education. And I, of course, have an option, the birth preparation course, but you need to do something. There are lots of options out there. Find something that works for you and do it. Again, you can't control what happens during pregnancy, but you can control how you prepare. And that can make a huge, huge difference in your experience. All right. So definitely, definitely, definitely prepare. 
All right. So there you have it. Do me a solid and share this podcast with a friend or two or three or four. (laughs) Anyone who you think may find this podcast helpful. Sharing is caring and it helps me to reach and serve more pregnant folks. My mission, passion, and purpose is helping every person having a baby be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect, have that beautiful birth experience they deserve and providing this information in the podcast so that people can advocate for themselves is one of the ways I do that. So please share this with a friend. Also subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening to me right now so you do not miss an episode. And let me know what you think about the show. Shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Nicole Rankins. And while you are over on the gram, follow me on Instagram as well. I provide great content there and it's a great way for us to connect outside of the podcast. All right. So that's it for this episode. Do come on back next week and remember that you deserve a beautiful pregnancy and birth. Oh.